You get these questions a lot. Where are you from? And what do you do? That's what you get asked, right? Meeting someone new if you're at a party or maybe on your dating profile. So why not just tell the world? We just launched a brand new online store that tells people where you're from and what you do. It has all 50 U.S. states and some countries represented with physical therapist gear at ptpinecast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee. Check. South Carolina PT t-shirts. Double check. Face masks for a Florida PT. Yeah, we got that. Great gear for life, all with your profession and the home state on it. Great gifts for yourself, a colleague, a clinical instructor, a student, all now at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome back to the show as we do it live on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on the socials. Also, subscribe to the show. This is news. I don't really like doing you know news or anything, but Apple Podcasts, I just learned, did something a little bit different. And they did like an update on their Apple um, iPod app. And I noticed this because we saw like downloads were a little bit different in the last couple of weeks. And I was like, do people hate me now? That's, the, that's what I do. I internalize these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, do people hate me? Uh, turns out Apple actually did a thing where they changed and updated something in their podcast app. So if you open it up, because that's where most people listen to, uh, to pod- podcasts. But you can actually see like in the podcast app, in the top right-hand corner, there's a little plus sign. If you see the plus sign, it means you're not following the show. It used to be subscribe, never saying follow. You got to click that and it says following now. And then you see like a check mark. But I didn't know that. And then I went on the interwebs and I knew that. So anyway, that's just news. Like if you want to make sure, it's not just for our podcast, by the way. If you want to make sure you don't miss an episode from any of the shows that you happen to used to subscribe to, now you follow, um, that might be why. Your show didn't stop producing content. You just didn't know about it. So anyway, uh, I figure I'd pass that along. Do you want to say thanks to our friends at uh, CBDRX4U.com for keeping the show on the air? There they are. CBDRX4U.com, your CBD store. Uh, they've actually got brick-and-mortar locations all over the 50 U.S. states. We did a, uh, a team kind of retreat, get-together this weekend, and actually Juliet was talking about how like she saw like either an ad or a bag or something in an Uber. She's like, hey, there, I know them. CBDRX for you. Uh, the reason they're sponsoring the show... I'm not trying to get you to use CBD or not use CBD, but here's the thing. Your patients might be using this over the counter for sleep, wellness, stress reduction, whatever. Just know about it. CBDRX for you is uh, led by a physician. So get the ABDs of CBD. See what I did there? Just find out how it might alter their course of treatment. Like be educated and they're there to educate you. So again, that website, CBDRX4U.com. Great show today. Returning guest. I mean, I love all my guests equally, all the same, like children, but I'm pumped when this guy comes on because we had a real good time last time. So we're going to learn about stuff for you. Maybe maybe how to like land that dream job, how to, land, how to make an impression, how to brand yourself. We're going to get into that. Let's start the show. It's Will Humphreys back on the program. I'm excited.
There we go. We're back on the PT Podcast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories in the world of physical therapy. Hi, I'm Drew McKay. I'll be your host. Uh, find us on the socials at PT Podcast, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, um, and also follow the show. I used to say subscribe to the show, but follow the show on Apple Podcasts or really wherever uh, you are taking a listen to the program. All right. Uh, do you want to say that these are out? We just shipped out another couple of these. I'll show this off. Uh, can koozie looks a lot like a, maybe a, a major soft drink brand, but our lawyer said it's make sure we, it's not, it is not the same. This is enough different that it is different. So anyway, we've got these, we got tumblers, the can koozies, whatever. If you need a gift for a colleague or a clinical instructor or a student, oh yeah, you're not supposed to give uh, gifts to clinical instructors. That's like bribery. Give them a gift. I'm just, I don't care. Give them a gift. That's me breaking ethical rules whatever they just worked with you and if they were nice if they sucked by all means don't give them a gift uh let's talk about what happens after uh you have a clinical instructor you graduate from school heck it doesn't matter where you are in your career let's uh let's talk about how to brand yourself and land that dream job you've been dreaming about it only person that seems to be stopping you is you let's bring him back in the studio returning guest will humphreys back on the show there he is well what's going on Man, I am so stoked to be here. Jimmy, you guys are just such a great show, and I'm, I'm honored to be back. You guys are the most fun, hands down. That's You know what I said? Like we, I, never, I never like wrote down like a mantra or a vision statement when we started the show because that, that was a lot of work. Um, but I, we kind of had these unofficial rules more than 800 episodes ago. I said, like, if I'm not having fun and learning something with each episode, like, I, I, I just knew I wouldn't keep doing it. And we haven't really missed yet. Like, we, we, I find if, if you can't learn something from someone, that's probably on you. You're probably not listening. And uh, do you know who Alan Alda is? Oh, yeah. Alan Alda on the show MASH, Hawkeye Pierce, one of my favorite shows ever. He's got a book about science communication called If I Understood You Would I Have This Look on My Face. And it's like Alan Alda is an actor, director, whatever. And he had like the same sentiment in this book where he like his, his like thing is like teaching scientists how to communicate. But he's like, listen, just FYI, if someone can't understand you, it's on you. So I always say like, listen, but, but the, uh, I think the other, the opposite is true. If you can't learn something from someone that's on you kind of just doing this and being real closed minded. So anyway, I appreciate you say, I appreciate you saying that, but I think that's the reason I think we just bring fun people on and hopefully just set up a cool environment and then get out of their way. Dude. Well, and it's so true because I think PTs by nature, we are really good with people and fun and really studious, right? Like it's this weird intersection between intelligence and fun that create most PTs, not all, but the vast majority of us, we love being around people. We love connecting. And so your podcast does a great job of that. By the way, I grew up watching MASH every oh. week with my parents. And like I, that to me comedically was one of my favorite, like first introductions to shows that made me belly laugh. Freaking love Alan Alda. It's good stuff. Alan Alda, just a great actor. Um, I think it still is like their finale was like the most watched TV show ever just because of where it was like in, in time and, and, and in the ethos of like people. Um, and then of course, like more channels came on. So it was harder to get that big of an audience, but like talk about like building a show. And that was like Grey's Anatomy before anything. That was Grey's Anatomy in the eighties. And like, and also like social commentary, like it was about the Korean war, Yeah, but it was like, kind of like 
it was really like a commentary on the Vietnam War, but they weren't supposed to be like talking about the Vietnam War. So they're very much like, we're going to talk about it, but it's, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to say all the right things, but we're going to be having these conversations. Totally. And they did such a great job of covering these serious topics with a sense of humor, kind of tying that all back to physical therapy. I mean, again, it's funny because when I was in PT school, I got an F on a uh, report that I did for a movie. We were supposed to review a movie that was based in physical therapy. And when I was a patient of physical therapy, I used to watch this movie called Regarding Henry with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah. And in it, he's got this amazing physical therapist that could emotionally connect with him in a way that was like, like changed his life to the point where he was afraid of leaving his physical therapist. And, And I had a similar relationship with my physical therapist who emotionally understood me, but she was really like fun and like just made me laugh. And like the humor of that really brought me out of my shell as a patient and turned like an emotional corner for me. And I ended up failing because I was so excited about that part of the movie. I oversaw the fact that he was like sexually harassing the nurses (laughs) and all these other things. So in my book report, I'm like, dude, that's what kind of therapist I want to be. And the, the professor wisely was like, do you though? (laughs) i don't really remember i gotta go back and watch that movie i remember i i know the name like it's one of those where i probably saw it but like definitely don't remember it but wow that's really like telling that you just were so myopic about this of the qualities that you like that you literally just shielded out you're like yeah 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 but it's a movie i just want to be this yeah i was in a wheelchair at the time at 17 in casts if you remember from the past episode yeah Um, So I'm in that stage, but like truly it was MASH that got me first turned on to that idea of like handling people's, um, you know, helping people in times of dire distress when they're going through medical trauma with a sense of humor. And that's something that as a PT and a practice owner, I really tried to keep in it in the way that you're doing in the podcast, because as we're learning these things, there is something about having fun that almost creates this environment of, of maximum retention and maximum upgrade yeah yeah i love it yeah um are you yeah are you having a drink with us tonight i am drinking because it was a long week so i've got again in our in our doctor of physical therapy kuvi what are you what are you drinking today yeah so um, i'm supporting a new and upcoming water company called kirkland okay i'm hoping they're gonna make it good luck to it I, I, like think, I think they're going to be okay. They're the cost of branding. Water. I'm doing a Corona because, because uh, why not at this point? Uh, first round brought to you by our friends. I just talked to Johnny Owens yesterday uh, from Owens Recovery Science. Uh, find him online, owensrecoveryscience.com. A single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. BFR, as the cool kids are calling it. Um, looking to do something cool at CSM potentially with Johnny and something local in San Antonio, because that's where he's, uh, it's his stomping ground. So again, find him online at owensrecoveryscience.com. As uh, Anthony says, hello. Hello, Anthony. Drop questions, comments below as we dig into the episode. So I, I kind of kick things off with saying, listen, um, your, your dream job, maybe you're, maybe you're the, the thing getting in your way or really like who, who are you looking for permission or information? I ask people all the time. So you're the CEO of, of in the black, right? That's like, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing that you have created. So I'm sure you've listened to people either, you know, emailing you their resume or pitches or, you know, in during interviews. So let's, let's start from that interaction because you've seen it from both sides, right? You've been someone who's trying to get a job and you're someone who hires people. How it started real easy. How, how did PTs land their job through branding themselves? 
Yeah, it, it's this is the whole topic of the day. And really, my passion is about teaching all that wasn't taught in, in medical school. It's about helping us understand professional development, and it's about maximizing our results as physical therapists in any endeavor. Like, you know, the, this umbrella of physical therapy is so much bigger than like what we think it is coming out of school in terms of opportunity. Look at you. I mean, you're influencing the world through your podcast, leveraging your talents um, in, your his, in your background through this means. So for me, what I get really excited about is, is solving the biggest problem in our industry, which is how asleep we are yeah. as a business, as an as a industry. Physical therapists are some of the most amazing human beings who are just so willing to tolerate yeah. you know, mediocre outcomes. And so a lot of it comes from a place of just not knowing. And so personal branding is a term that basically describes getting super clear as to what it is that we stand for in life. When we know what we stand for or against, then we can message that in our resume, in the interview, in how we research and look for culturally aligned companies to not just get a job, but to get the job of our dreams. Because so many times we just fall into these fits that drain us of that passion that got us into the industry in the first place, when what we really should be looking for is the best possible experience, but we just don't know how. And most of the new grads, especially, I work with PTs across you know, the country. It's usually new grads. They're just super like overwhelmed. Like, how do I know I'm making a good choice? And and that's well, what branding does. Well, I mean, look at look at what a lot of the uh, the new graduates have been doing, right? A, a, a lot of students in my class went right through undergrad, right in you know, right into PT school, and then they graduate and they're like, "I've just been doing the next grade for twenty something years. How would you know to step out unless you've heard a voice saying, "Hey, listen, you can go in a bunch of different routes. You can go the way that people are telling you, and then a lot of people are going, or or you could look elsewhere, or you could do el- you could do other things." Yeah. And they get super hung up on the following things. When I talk to new grads, they get stressed out. Like, should I do inpatient or outpatient? Should I um, focus on this specialty or that? When they're not looking for things that are going to really matter to them. Truly, the only way forward is by putting the car in motion. Like when the car is in motion, the picture appears. It's almost like you can't make a wrong choice in those areas, but you sure can make a really bad choice if you're not checking the company's culture, how it is on the leadership development side, those kinds of things. And that's when you find these PTs who go into these mills that get burned out because yeah. the, the owner can sell it really well. Sure. And then two weeks in, they're they're seeing 100 patients a week or whatever. There's a reason you're getting 10 grand more at one place versus another, or 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 maybe that's the thing, that's the shiny object that that you uh, that you were suckered into. But uh, you know, you said standing for or against, you know, that famous line that I can't remember who said it now, which is, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So like, yeah. decide what you stand for. Like, what will get you out of bed? You have you have put yourself through school for many many years. You've sat through tests. I cried a lot during PT school with the stress. But uh, but what do you want out of this? The only it ain't gonna knock on your door. You've got to go to it and decide what that is. Definitely. And so here's what I found from doing thousands of interviews. So I owned um, a physical therapy multi-locational company. I started another one in Alaska that was diagnostics. I have since exited my practice, started a medical billing company as well as a coaching company. 
And so in that process, I've calculated it. It's literally thousands of interviews, not, not exaggerating. Wow. This week alone, I've, over, I've done over 20. Wow. I found in all of these interviews and reading books and doing a lot of extra work in this is that PTs are unbelievably confused as to why they became a therapist and they don't really see it as powerful. So most, my favorite question in a job interview is to say, why did you become a physical therapist? I mean, no one gets into it for a lackluster reason. And most of the time they just say, oh, because I wanted to help people. But like, I mean, they, and they feel the weakness of that comment. And so there's like, yeah, but everyone wants to do that. And I just want to like reach across and grab them by the shoulders and go, you're so much better than that. Like, let's get into it. So what I end up doing is I tell, I tell my clients, I, I have them explain to me the actual process as to how they became a physical therapist. I've done this dozens of times, maybe hundreds. I've never once worked with somebody who hasn't found something that's so unique and powerful that it didn't bring me to some sort of emotional state. Yeah. And when they say it, like, it's like, yeah, I guess it's because my dad always really valued health or as an athlete, I understood what it was like to lose my capability and have that come back to me with help of, of a physical therapist. Like whatever that reasoning was became the story. And that's all branding is. Yep. It's clarity in our message so that we can evoke the correct emotional response. That's how we stand out. That's how we attract the right the right employer and later are the right employees, by the way. And that's how we can know if we're aligned or not. Because that's what it's about. There's not really a good or bad job. It's about alignment. Are yeah. we aligned or are we not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing a professional development, um, like an in-service with my new job. Actually, I've, so I have a new job since okay. last time you were on the show. I work, for, what's going on? I work for Mount Sinai Hospital. Oh, nice. And I... Uh, I work for the rehabilitation and human performance. So essentially anything that falls under like physiatry, PTOT, speech, whatever, that's about 2000 clinicians. And in that there are two research labs. And that's, that was like kind of my way in as I interviewed through this podcast, a guy by the name of David Petrino, and he runs these labs. And one night I'm sitting here and I was literally asking myself question, will like kind of Will Humphrey's questions, which is like, not what do you want to do? I want to help people. That doesn't help me narrow it down. Like, what do you want to do? And then I flipped it and I said, who do I want to work with? Who would I want to align myself with? And that list got real short. That was not a list. Cause I, I could pretty much I'll work with, I'll work anywhere. I want to, you know, I'll help anybody. No, I said, who do I want to work with? And that list was short. And I was like, Ooh, so I wrote David an email and said, Hey, like, do you need help doing communication? things and he's like yes like immediately i don't know why i'm doing typing motions but that's what he was, that's what he was like by your mouth <laughs> um, and uh, so i'm giving this professional development in service secretly it's to i've been there for a month now but I, i'm going to use this as a show and tell of what i am able to do with my colleagues now they are all smart and passionate re researchers who do amazing rehabilitation research i'm coming in as like the weird one and in my pit, I'm going to tell my story about how I became a physical therapist yeah. and how it was windy and how it involves a microphone and headphones. And that's weird, but I'm going to align it to how it can help them. But my very first slide is introduction. There's a picture of me and then there's my log line. I'm Jimmy McKay and I help smart and passionate uh, healthcare practitioners uh, get, their, get their messages to the people that want to help. That's what I do. That is what I stand for. 
And then in the, in the professional development, I say, listen, you have to tell a story. You got to know your audience. You got to know yourself. You've got to be able to communicate yourself in one sentence. And I said, and I'm going to, I'm going to give a pop quiz in the beginning of this professional development uh, presentation. I gave my log line. Do you remember what it is? Because in the in the book uh, building a story brand, you have to answer the th the three questions, right? What do you do? How does it make my life better? What do I need to do to get it? So I help smart and passionate physical, uh, healthcare providers get their message to the people they want to help. Email me at and then here's my email address. So that answers the three questions. But if I just told them to do it, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I need to show them. There's the there. That's why show and tell was the best day of the year in third grade. It's not just tell. You got to show. Yeah, and it's. See, when we hear these terms in business, I want to really make it clear to our audience that like, these are laws of the universe. Like yeah. this, isn't, this is like gravity. And yeah. so we hear these terms like purpose, vision, values of a company, right? And so when we look at that from that perspective, those kind of just come in one ear out of another. But when we understand that being clear in our messaging around that creates a desired outcome, it's huge. Like in your comment right there, that was your purpose, like what you're about is all about your purpose and being clear in that. So if I'm interviewing a physical therapist and I say, hey, so why did you become a physical therapist? A short story highlighting the fact that like, so the reason I became a physical therapist is because I value human connection and helping my clients feel like they belong at one of the most difficult times of their lives. For example, that kind of comment is like, as an employer, like, wait, who are you? Like, and again, we don't, we operate from a place of scarcity in the physical therapy world so often that, that we neglect those opportunities, but man, like what you just said, and by the way, that book, building a story brand, huge for anyone who wants to learn how to not just market themselves, but a business yeah. because the business should do the same thing. That's how you, we can verify an employer to see how they align with us. If we're like, Hey, so why did you start in the black billing? You know, if it's just a matter of someone being able to say, Oh, I don't know because I guess there was a need and I could fill it, how much would you want to work for that person? But when someone comes to me and they say, why did you start in the black billing? I tell them the story of me being a PT owner and having to drive home three days before Christmas, learning that I almost ran out of money because my in-house biller almost tanked the entire thing and was lying about it. Mm -hmm. And I never want a physical therapist entrepreneur to ever feel that same way be captive to their, to their, uh, collections again. So when I say that they go, oh, okay, this is a different built uh, business. So when we ask those questions back and forth, is there synergy? Is it like, yeah, yeah, I get it. There's a concept of freedom or a concept of, of uh, helping people identify what's missing or being seen. And that's how ultimately our personal brand can connect and help us determine the right fit. Yeah. And, and I say this time and time again, um, words are important. An interview is not um, The Bachelor. It's not a game show to be won. An interview, I know you're like, I need this job and how much are they paying? And da, da, da. So I got to go do great and I got to win this interview. No. And, and here I'm going to throw another book that I referenced a lot, which is Never Split the Difference. Uh, and the way he said it was, um, a conversation is in a negotiation for in every conversation is a negotiation for information. And I was like, Oh yeah. He's like any with your wife, with kids, especially with kids. I feel like you got to know negotiate. Everything's a negotiation with kids once they figure that out, but like everything's a negotiation for information. And then I go and I use these two phrases a lot, pay attention and spend time. 
And I key on those because those two phrases are transactional. Pay, spend, attention, time. What you have to do to get what you want. You got to pay to get attention. You got to spend. And it it does not have to be, in fact, most of it is not monetary. A lot of times it's effort and value and displaying values and showing someone that if you come work and there's synergy, you will get a lot out of this. And it doesn't have to necessarily just be money. That's right. And when people go in there with that mindset about exchange, they go from a place of, of like being self-conscious and aware of like, again, new grads are notorious for this. You know, I'm not really that, I don't feel that confident in my skill set, but yet I want to present that I am. And instantly they're starting to operate from a place of being inauthentic versus seeing the interview for what it really is, a chance to serve each other. Yes. What I, what I train my people and like helping them understand is, if their mindset is like, hey, what is it that you really want in an ideal candidate? And then who do I know that I could help connect you with to solve that problem for you? And maybe it's me, allows us to operate from a different part of our brain, one that's less fight or flight and one that's more in the planning and powerful stage. Because at the end of the day, if our intentionality isn't to get a job or to like avoid being hired by a mill, but if our intention is to serve any of the human beings that are interviewing us, then we can access parts of our leadership yeah. inside of us that allow us to ask different questions and show up in a different way. That yeah, it makes us more desirable to be hired. But more importantly, when we do see that we're the best fit for that employer, we can confidently say like, oh, well, I would do a great job of that because your purpose is to do this and your expectations are blank. Yep. And that's what I want to create in my world. So let's do this. And yeah. it's just, if there's competition for a job, that's how we can stand out. You know? Yeah. Be, being different. Um, I forget even where I heard this in the last like day or two, but uh, skiing through trees. If you focus on not hitting the trees, you'll hit a tree. If you focus on the path, you'll ski on the path. But if you're like, there's so many trees, I don't want to, don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. You're going to hit the tree. But if you're like path, 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 the right path for me, steer on the path. It's amazing how this, how that actually works, right? And and I don't think it's some secret power in the universe. I think it's intentionality. I think it's it, you you attract what you're putting out by focusing on the right things. Again, winning a job interview is not a thing to be won. I know it can feel like that. I've been there. I've I've done it. Um, I've also done it the other way where you're like, I just want to. If I'm not a great fit, I don't want this. Like, save me months of. Don't do it. It's the worst thing to find ourselves in a job that isn't aligned. And, and, and by the way, employers are, are just as, I think even more so guilty of this than uh, potential employees. Yeah. Employers, when they have their practice and then someone quits and they don't know how to recruit and they haven't been recruiting until the person resigns and it takes on average eight to 10 months to hire a therapist in our country once someone's resigned from start yeah. to finish, it puts them in a position of like, and I was guilty of this, do you fog a mirror? You do, then come join our company and I'm going to try to tell you whatever you want to hear to be yeah, a part of it. And so when we're focused on serving that individual to find where they're ultimately meant to go, right. then we start to get in that negotiation, like Chris Voss says, regarding information. And that's where we can serve each other at a much higher level. Yeah. Um, and it just, I think I want, one thing I want to tell the new grads too, is like, as you're graduate, if you're out of school less than two years, or you're looking to graduate in the next couple of years, stop freaking out about your skill set. Like no one cares about what you don't know. You're a new grad. No one is hiring you going, well, how good is their manual? They, they understand right. 
they have to provide some mentorship behind whoever it is. And so start, like you said beautifully, Jimmy, it's more about who than what. That's from the book, Good to Great, Jim Collins, top 2% of the best business books out there in my, my opinion for anyone to read. And it talks a lot about that concept of first it's about who, then it's about what. Yep. Inpatient, outpatient, stop worrying about it unless you're really clear you wanna be outpatient or really clear you wanna be inpatient. Who's your employer? Who's your mentor? What kind of leadership training will they provide you with? That is worth its weight in gold versus the actual application of your care. I, so, get, it. I get it though, like that, that number written down can look really appealing, but I'm telling you, this is not an accident. And I'm talking to the audience here. This is not an accident that a lot of smart people say this. I get it though. If you're like, this one has an eight in front of it and this one has a seven. It's like, yeah, I get it, but you're going to pay for the eight. Like you are (laughs) in some way, shape or form. Like you're, you're going to pay for it. Um, all right. So, so you've done, as you said, gajillions, I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth, gajillions of interviews, Um, tricks for a mic drop in an interview. Like, what are the, like, what are the good ways? Because like, you know, it's, it's a forced conversation, right? And you're trying to leave a best, a good impression. I would say first and foremost, as we just reiterated, make it a conversation or a negotiation for information. You want to get that person talking as much as you. And that doesn't, that doesn't just mean at the end, any questions? Yes. Do you have a 401k? Like, don't ask those, like, those are great and everything, but those aren't real questions. So like tips, like to, to do the, like, like drop the mic, things that you've seen that, that, honestly have let people drop that mic and stand out. What do you think? Yeah. So first of all, 90%, and that's a rough estimate in a conservative way. This isn't something I've tallied, but this is my my gut. And I'm telling you, it's conservative to the truth. 90% of the people who come in, if they ask questions, they're only technical questions. Like what are the hours? What are my expectations? But the vast majority of people don't even ask questions. So in less than 1% of my interviews, people really want to know and understand me, the employer. You want to stand out? Look at the human being in front of you as a human being and try to find out what their fears are, what their, what their strengths are, what's going right in their company, what their challenges are. Those types of questions like, are so obvious that it's, it's weird to even bring up, but no one asked those. And it's yeah. a total mic drop to be like, hey, so tell me again, like we brought up earlier, why did you start in the black? Or um, so what's going well in your company? What are some of the challenges that you're facing? And I had one person out of all of my interviews, this one person, uh, he came on as, as an amazing therapist and later a director. He asked me at the, at the very beginning, he just told me, he goes, hey, listen, I, I'm really honored to be with you. And just so you know, the outcome of this interview is a success if I've been able to serve you in some way. <laughs> and then and you know what he did? I got a thank you note, which is like almost something that we all know. I've had probably five thank you notes wow. out of 1,000 to 2,000 interviews I've done. And it's like, I mean, like a handwritten thank you note. Thank you so much for your, for your time and your, 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 I really learned a lot from you that day. I hope I'll put the word out, you know, and I hope we're a fit, but if not, I'll still let everyone know that. I mean, that kind of thing is huge, but it's really, it's self-serving. The more we serve, the more it serves us. So the idea that like when we're dropping the mic over like, what are your strengths, your challenges? And then we ask them, so why did you start the company? You know, what are your values? If you do the job interview right, you prepare for that interview by investigating that company online but not from a place of selfishness. Like usually PTs will get online and they'll look at like any material they have on like their benefits and what their expectations are. 
but do they list their culture? What are their bios of the owners? Do they mention their purpose, vision, or values in their website? It, if they don't have that, it's not necessarily a red flag, but it's worth knowing because the more someone's clear on their brand, the easier it is to understand how organized they are and what they stand for. Some really good companies uh, don't have any of that information online, but you will learn more in their reviews. What are their Google ad reviews? When I, when I bring on a physical therapist client for my billing company, I present to them their own reviews, but it's, it's selfish because I'm also looking to see, is this the type of company that I wanna bring on as a client? And so what customers, the patients say about the therapists and the clinics there will tell you a lot about them as well. So just mentioning that you've, re you've researched them. Wow, you've got 106 five-star reviews. I was really impressed with the fact that most of the, the people who review you mention that family feeling when, I, when they come in through the door. You know, I'm all about family. Just yeah. that's how you mic drop is by making them feel heard and seen as simple and easy as that is. Because they're thinking like, number one, in that statement, there's research, like there's forethought, and there's also paying attention to like some of the right things, the things that you want. And and you're doing it in a, in a way of serving, as you mentioned. Definitely. So again, that attitude of, of like service is something that can really yield great results. And it's all about, and by the way, in that book, Never Split the Difference, when Chris Voss is talking about negotiating, those types of activities again, they create an experience of you of, of wanting to be heard and seen because they feel heard and seen and it allows them um, to really drop their guard. Yes. And, and then they can really share with you what they are looking for, what they're afraid of and what their challenges are. And that might tell you that they're not a fit. As much as that's wonderful when people finally get real with each other, that you feel that connection, it might produce the idea that like, yeah, this isn't where I wanna be. Those are, this is a younger company that's growing fast. I really want to spend a couple of years in an established company, or maybe I'm super entrepreneurial and being in an established company where there's little opportunity for growth isn't what I want. I want to be thrown to the wolves a little bit. I want to be in a company that needs to be changing constantly because I want to grow. You know what? Like you saying this a, a, a lot is, is having me think that we, um, we undervalue what we are good at and we overvalue what other people are good at. So you, we're kind of always undervaluing ourselves. So what, what I'm hearing is, and what I'm just realizing is that a lot of times we just assume what we want, everybody wants, so it's going to be really hard to get. So it's like, I really want to be entrepreneurial. So everybody probably wants that. So it's going to be really hard to get. It's like, actually, no, you just have to find it. Maybe it's not right in front of you, but it doesn't mean it's not right around the corner. Yeah. I, Jimmy, I, man, I seriously love talking to you. You just like, it's almost like you're going to the next thought in this series of items. And that is so true. Like truly it, it's, there's not a lot of competition for being entrepreneurial or being a specialist or just being a, a valued team member, which by the way, that doesn't make you better or, or worse than someone else who wants to go into education or specialize or be entrepreneurial. But being clear totally makes you stand out. I've had so many people who are entrepreneurial say the same thing. They're like, well, of course, I want to be a clinic director and own a clinic in six years. I'm like, that's not that common. Course. Anyone who's even clear enough, because again, where's most of your friends and where are you probably as you're listening to this? You're probably in a place of like, yeah, I just want to get good at my skill set because I'm really insecure about that. I have, And I just want to know if I should go inpatient or outpatient. And it's like, yeah, none of those things matter. Like the right company, the right who 
We'll provide you with the right resources to get your skill set up. What's more important is, do you want to be a leader? Do you want to be a valued team member? Do you want to be an educator or a specialist? Those are just four examples of the traditional routes. You've taken a non-traditional route, right? Like you're a leader in, in a totally different space as I'm trying to be. Ultimately, how do we know what we want? That's the question that most of the time people go, I don't know what I want. I ask you to go back to your story. Why did you become a therapist? Yeah. What I have found is that in people's past, we find our purpose and our path. So our past creates our purpose and our path. And if we can go back into our history, we'll learn that why we're standing here in the seat or sitting here in the seat we're in isn't a coincidence. It's the result of previous experiences. Usually it's our past pain, by the way, Yeah. creates the learning that puts us on our path. So if we can just listen to what's already happening in our world by reviewing our history, we can get an idea, an indication of what we stand for. And that stance is what determines the path. And it might be like, well, like in my case, it was a matter of, of wanting to, to be the light and hope in the lives of others, the way that Connie Clemens was to me as a therapist, right? Well, that was something that became clear that not every company did it the way that I wanted to. And that's why I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And there's lots of reasons, but that was the why behind it. So yeah, our past is where we can dig to get the clarity we're looking for as to where it is we want to go. And the last thing I'll say on this topic, Jimmy, is not this topic, but this side of the topic is that like, if you're not sure, just say something that feels the most aligned to you. Just start telling people, yeah, I want to go open a practice or no, I want to specialize in the shoulder or whatever it is that like you think you, you feel the most because it's that making a decision and putting it out there that will feed us back the information to tell us if we're on the right path or not. Yeah. There is no wrong path. The only, because even the wrong path will inform us where we want to go. It's not making a commitment to something that is the only way to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Voss talked about that in his book as well, which is um, old school thought was never talk about like w with someone who was like holding a, uh, someone hostage or ho a bank bank hostage situation. Never mentioned how stressful it was. It was like, how do you do that? And he went the other route where he was like, uh, have them speak their fear, which is like, I can imagine that you're empathy, not, not sympathy, though. And he would say, I can imagine that that must be you must be really stressed. How do you how do you want how do you imagine this ending? And he said a lot of guys were looking for someone to open the door and say, how do I get out of here alive? Like wow. they, were, they were begging for it. Like he started every chapter off with like a story about a, you know, crazy like hostage situation. Cause that was his life. But he said, you know, if you, if you open the door and let someone honestly answer, they'll walk through it. The only reason I ever got my first job running a, running a radio station, I was the number two guy at a radio station. Perfectly happy doing that, had enough responsibility, but I didn't have to be the boss. But eventually, I really did want to be the boss, but I never said it to my boss. And then he got a job in New York City and was moving and he was going to vacate his job. And he knew, though, he was such a great uh, boss. And other people were like, who do you think they're going to fill? Who do you think they're going to fill your job with to, to my boss? And he's like, I don't know. Jimmy, what do you where do you see yourself? And he knew I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm good enough. And he's like, Jimmy the only way they're going to give you this job is if you say it first. And I was like, Oh my God, they don't know. I want this job, but I so very much want this job. And the first step is saying, I really want to run this radio station. Cause I think I can do a great job. I'm very passionate about this area and these people. And that was the thing that got me the job. Me saying that got me the job. They were like, well, and you have a ton of experience and everybody else we, we bring in is brand new. 
Yeah, I think there's something about claiming what you want, right? Like, um, again, I think people in interviews both ways, employers and employees, are very hesitant to show their cards. It's almost like dating. You know, in in the dating world, at least in in a lot of relationships I used to be a part of, whoever whoever withheld the emotion had more power. Right. That's totally not true in relationships, at least in my, my 22 years of marriage but especially not true in uh, recruiting because like if, if our intention is to really serve them and then we find out, Hey, you know what? I think I am the right person for this job or why not me? Because I already care about it. And we say this, look, I really would love to work for you in this setting. And here's why dude, every employer, everyone at the end of the day wants to be wanted. Yes. That's a way to stand out. It's just by saying, I want this job. I think we would do great together. Yeah. And if employers do that, I used to, I, I did that once kind of um, accidentally years ago where I was interviewing an employee and, you know, all my clinics are in the boondocks of Arizona back in the day. So it was like halfway between Tucson and Phoenix. They would pass dozens of private practices to come out to work for me. And literally one time I just remember going, I don't really want to work with you. I think you'd be awesome. And they'd go, really? And then they accepted the job. And I was like, oh yeah, that really brought them up into the company by letting them know they were desired. We want to be, we want you, I want you to want me. It's not just a song. You know, I should be the theme song of this episode. Not just a song. Yeah. Um, let's switch to something that you do on your every day, right? So let's go like, how, how do you grow a private practice? Because that's what you help people do in the blackbilling.com. You can find out more information, probably about what he stands for as well. I'm guessing it's on the website. But how do you grow a private practice without adding more new patients? We're like focused on, I need more. I'm going to run ads. We need more, 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 more. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. So my whole thing, and I said this last time on your show too, is that profitability unlocks possibility. The more profitable we are, and what does profitability mean? It means working smarter, not harder. So again, using this concept for business owners in particular, or future leaders of any kind, is the idea that 20% of our actions are responsible for 80% of our successes. So just like... 20% of our clients are accountable for 80% of our headaches. So it's about understanding where to focus our energy. So what In The Black does, and this is one of the reasons I created it, is that it's it's a medical billing company, but really it's a coaching company. What I do is I coach, I go a mile deep versus a mile wide. All of my billers are in the United States. I meet with them physically once a month, look them in the eye, and we talk about values, purpose, and, and vision. And what we do is we strategically work with our partners to change their mindset on, on growing their business. Because what most PT owners do is they get into the business being a really good self-employed physical therapist. They're usually very talented at what they do. They grow their business, they market with their doctors, they're loved by their community, and then they start drowning because they are constantly demand, their time is demanded across being an owner, being a provider and a marketer. And so what, they, what we fail to realize is that if we aren't focusing on profitability when it comes to growth, we make costly financial mistakes. And so if we can go through what I call the five pillars of profitability and first look at maximizing our billion collecting, and we can capture every dollar owed to us in a way that we can count. Every medical billing company that I ever outsourced to used to tell me, we're going to capture every dollar owed to you. And it was a bunch of crap. I always was wondering, is there more they should be getting? And so what we do is we teach our clients how to function without us. We teach them, here's how you manage a medical billing solution. This, we tell them in June what they should expect in July 
to the dollar. And then we hold ourselves accountable to them every week during that month, whether or not we're collecting on pace or not. It's not complicated, even though it can be on the back end. The management side is actually quite simple. It's the 20% that PTs need to know to manage 80 to 100% of the medical billing. And then I coach them. I coach every owner on really anything business. Again, my vision is bigger than medical billing, but I wanted to start here because this is the place I can get people's attention. Yeah, I can get people's attention when I can help them increase their income for not working any harder by just telling them and teaching them these little things they can do to up their co their collection per visit by two, three, four dollars a visit. And then when you have that profitability, you can spend more time working yourself out of trading and into leadership so you can really give your team the leader they deserve. And that's, and that's my vision and passion. I've loved doing it the last little bit. And we're not meant to be a big company. We're about half as big as we want to be already after a year. And um, we're looking for probably 10 more clients. And then we're going to see how we grow in different ways. But we love going a mile deep with each of our clients in this way. I love that. I mean, you're focused on the thing that a lot of people are most scared about. Sort of what Chris Voss is saying, which is like, speak to their fear. Yeah, I am very insecure about billing. I didn't get into it for that, but I understand it's part of the business. And we want to stick our head in the sand and avoid it or just pretend, you know, stick it under the rug, pretend like it doesn't exist. Or you can lean into it and you can own it and you can go, I want to feel confident about this, about this. So uh, in the blackbilling.com is the website. Uh, before we let you go, we got to do the same thing we do every episode, which is uh, three questions. Are you ready to do three questions? Let's do it. Let's do three questions. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends at Fusion Medical Staffing. That's FusionMedStaff.com. I'm actually doing an episode with uh, Fusion Medical Staffing next week. Find them online at FusionMedStaff.com. Let your PT or PTA license take you where you would like to go. Where do you want to go? Don't be limited by geography. Go anywhere you want. Um, they also have job transparency. Talk about speaking to someone's anxiety. Don't feel like they're just getting, this is not the military where you sign up and you're like, well, good luck. You got to go here now. No job transparency. They're going to tell you where you're going, the pay, what's expected of you. Everything's clear, transparent. So uh, find out what is open there at fusionmedstaff.com. Uh, Will, last year we've done a, a little bit of staying relatively in one place. Uh, once you can kind of move about, we're somewhere in the country you can't wait to get to. Southeast Asia, man. I want to go, I want to go to Bali so bad. Is that where the houses are on the stilts? No, I don't think so. They that, they have over 20,000 temples there in Bali. And it's got oh, yeah. rice fields. It's supposed from people who travel a lot. They tell me it's the most beautiful place on earth. I'm in on Bali. I'm in on that. Second question to what question? What is something that you've watched, read, or listened to? A book, movie, podcast, something that you think the audience could get value from? Yeah, I love um, one of my uh, – I, I run a, a mastermind for – student PTs or new grad PTs. And this one member uh, sent me a copy of the book. Talk about like thinking outside the box, right? Like he sent me this book. It's like, dude, this book meant a lot to me. And I've read it. It's called The Energy Bus. Okay. It is really simple. I'm a not much of a reader as much as I have to read these books. So I loved it because it's this really short book that literally shifted my perspective around my energy and like how I was relating to the world in a very profound way. But it was such a quick read, super easy the interview guys love it. I like it. Last thing, uh, last question, three questions is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? 
my gosh, I think they need to know more about Juliet yeah. on your staff. She is unbelievably powerful. I've known this young lady for uh, three or four years and um, I met her at a, when she was a student and I've seen her now grow into an amazing physical therapist. She works on your staff and she's just an amazing human being. Like, um, I, I think she's the type of person that just is able to do lots of different things in the PT world in and out of actual care. So I think if you don't know her, go get to know Juliet. You got to know her. And if you've been a guest on the show, you've interacted, you've felt the experience that she creates bringing guests on the show. Uh, that is three questions, again, from our friends at Fusion Med Staff. Find them online at FusionMedStaff.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Let's do that. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, leaders in orthopedic physical therapy kind of have to be with the name of the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Uh, a lot of people announcing whether uh, they, they, they got their board certification today. Results came out today. So a lot of newly minted PCS, GCS, OCS, oh my. Uh, if you're thinking about that, if that's something you want to plant your flag, flag and say and say, I want to do this current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy a great roadmap to get you there very clear get you from where you are to taking that exam so find current concepts of orthopedic pt along with their other independent study courses at orthopt.org parting shot will you've done this before last chance mic drop moment what, are, what do you want to leave with the audience with today yeah i want everyone just to be really mindful of what they bring to the table in terms of value i think as you are all looking within your career i want to ask yourself what is it in your life that you're tolerating? What is it you're tolerating that isn't serving you? Maybe it's professional, maybe it's personal, but just pick one thing that isn't serving you in the moment and really drum up the courage to confront it, whatever that is. And maybe it's a discussion it usually is that needs to be had. But even if you can't have that discussion, go find someone that you can get a powerful coach experience from to help you manage that. And if you don't know someone, give me a call. Yeah. I'll be more happy to help you on any level that I can. I love that. If you don't have a mentor and if you aren't being mentored, I don't care how old you are. I don't care where you are in your career. I don't care what field you're in. Like you, you, sh you should reach out for that because like without, how do you grow without other people? Like books are great, but like, how do you grow without other people in your life? We're wired to grow with people uh, in the black uh, Billy.com. Uh, we'll appreciate you coming on the show again. Love when you stop by. We'd love to have you come back sometime soon, my friend. I would love that. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Jimmy. And honestly, you're you're right of those people of who the industry needs to know. Jimmy, you're also one of those guys to me. I think everyone who doesn't know you needs to know you. But if they're if they're listening to this, they already know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. We'll have you back soon. Okay. Sounds good, man. Have a us online welcome to the internet my friend how can i help you facebook twitter and instagram at pt pinecast all right show today brought to you by the brooks institute of higher learning an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education brooks ihl offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas six pt residency programs and ompt fellowship as well as challenging but rewarding internships the ihl specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management Management. Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT.
Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.